It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How do the rookie tight ends for the Dallas Cowboys perform in week three? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, I'd like to tell you guys about LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, good, good tape watching last night. It's always good to watch uh, a tape win for sure. Uh, the defense was especially uh, really fun to watch. Uh, there's lots to talk about. I'm, I'm excited to get going. How are you? Uh, doing well. Let's get let's get right into the tape. So we've got a lot of notes. Uh, we're going to be kind of going through uh, this game in several different areas. But let's start with the rookie tight ends because we didn't really get to talk about them on Tuesday after the game. But how did you think Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot performed in really their first significant action of the season? I thought they put both played incredibly well. I mean, you know, look, I, I think considering what they were being asked to do, like they were being asked to be major parts of, of both the pass and the run game. Um, I, I think, you know, not only as uh, blockers, but as receivers uh, and each one of them, you know, came up, uh, uh, you know, with, with a big play one, one way or another, mm-hmm. both of them had very big uh, uh, blocking days that were both very efficient in, in a way that, I mean, it's been a while since I feel like we've seen young tight ends on this team blocking like that, you know, regularly, at least multiple of them. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, and then obviously both of these guys are, are physical players. Um, and then I think Hendershot specifically, he just, he has really great length, you know, and he uh, has really good agility that, that he showed, you know, not on the big long pass the down the field on the kind of, uh, wheel route that he he ran but on the uh on, there was an out that he ran that they got the ball to him and he was able to gather up his feet and cut back inside and make yep. a man miss uh just showed you a level of, of athleticism that was impressive but beyond that too on the blocking front you know they, they they just spent a lot of time uh you know doing some kind of double tight looks where they're both lined up next to each other mm-hmm. outside of the tackle um and and you just got to see a lot of opportunity both in the past blocking and in run blocking to see the those two tight ends and Tyler Smith work together in conjunction uh, as blockers, uh, you know, in, in pass protection and in run blocking. And I think that watching the, that trio was just, was really impressive. I mean, considering that they're all rookies and, 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 you know, two of those guys have played very limited snaps in, in Hendershot's case. I mean, he's played maybe a handful of snaps before yep. this game. So yeah, uh, it just was really an impressive showing considering what, they put on their plate 
what they were asking them to do, and they were able to execute at a high level and, and ultimately were a huge part of why the run game had success and also why some of the, a lot of the passing game had success. So the Cowboys had 102 snaps from their tight ends in this game between Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot and Sean McEwen, who I'm just going to mention, like it's, it's a pretty nice luxury to have Sean McEwen now on the practice squad where you can just pull him up for 11 plays and then send him back down. Like, you know, I like to joke about McEwen a lot cause I like him, but this is a perfect role for him. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's, it's perfect. Um, uh, but back to Ferguson and Hendershot. I please correct me if I'm wrong, or feel free to disagree. I think Ferguson's quite a bit further ahead as a blocker than Hendershot is right now. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that Ferguson is maybe the best blocking tight end on the team already. Like, I mean, and, and I, mean, I, I don't know, know that's of, saying a lot, but you're probably not wrong. It's you guys, a, you guys can enough. have you guys can have your conversations about Schultz as a blocker. Schultz is a fine blocker as far as right. modern tight ends go, but 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 Ferguson's actually really good. And, and considering the fact that he has some receiving ability as well. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, not even just in the kind of traditional online stuff, like yep. you've seen him line up as a fullback and dig guys out of the, out on the goal line. I mean, uh, what do you expect from a Wisconsin tight end? Uh, that right. Nothing yeah. less than that. Barry yeah. Alvarez's grandson, no less, you yeah. know? So uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I should I, also really mention he had an awesome catch that didn't really yeah. do anything. Cause it was, it was a third and long big over was, his head catch. Yeah. The one, first yeah. It, it was a hot read by Cooper rush and it went for like, I don't know, six yards. Maybe. It wasn't far, but it was, it was impressive the way that he was able to get up to get yes. that ball because it was not an accurate throw and he was able to reel it in. Now we should mention he made a huge mistake at the end of this game going out of bounds and, it's something he'll learn from. Jason Witten had the same thing happen to him early in his career in a primetime game. It happens. It, 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 a- it wasn't – I would point out it's not – it wasn't as much of a mistake as people were pointing out at the time because it wasn't – it wasn't that he ran out of bounds. He was trying it's to get he, the first down and he was trying to leap over a guy and it kind of He should have known pushed. not to leap, right? That's the problem is slid. that – Yeah, he should have just slid. Like because, because trying to leap over – I guess what he doesn't realize – this may be different in the college rules and the pro rules, but that you can actually be pushed out of bounds by defenders while you're in the air. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I think, um, yeah, I, 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 it was a mistake for sure, but, but I did want to point out that it wasn't like he ran out of bounds. He, he was trying to dive and then he got pushed out. Of it, it's a good teaching moment for him. And yeah. it's a really nice that it didn't end up costing the Cowboys this yes. game, which Thank I mean, goodness. it could have if you're playing a better team. Uh, but that's good. Henner shot. I feel like he is the more advanced route runner. He's so much more dynamic after the catch. But as a blocker, he he's more of a get-in-the-way blocker, but there's still yeah. a few snaps where he looks like he's kind of going through the motions. He knows he's supposed to be at a certain spot, and he just doesn't really find a guy to block. I'm I'm hopeful that over the next you know couple months that that improves because if he can even just become – an average blocker. I think he's going to be a really useful tight end in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, he showed you something in this game a little bit that, that was at least worth developing. I mean, again, this is a rookie tight end who, yeah. you know, played in an offense where he was a receiving threat. You know, he was a, he was a weapon on that team. So um, I, I think that, I, I think that he's going to have a learning curve here as well as everybody else. But I think that what he was able to show, as a kind of get in the way blocker was, was impressive Sunday. Certainly nothing like what we saw from Ferguson, but as far as down roster blocking tight ends, uh, guys that are specifically more receiving threats, I thought it was, I thought it was a good job. Yeah. I, 
how do you would how would you compare Hendershot and Ferguson to like rookie Dalton Schultz? If you can remember back to was that two thousand eighteen? I could I could do you better. I could do you better than that. I think Ferguson is Schultz and Hendershot is Jarwin. Right? I think hmm. that in that sense that I, I wouldn't mind sending uh, Hendershot down the field uh, in, in, a, in a seam route because I think he has good body control. He can he can jump a little bit. I mean, but I think the key thing is that he's got really long arms. Uh, he's got really good hands, uh, and I think he's a threat after the after the catch to kind of you know get generate some yak. So um, I, I would say if you're trying to compare like where their skill sets are to Schultz rookie year, uh, I think Ferguson is a more physical blocker than Schultz was coming out maybe equal or, or slightly less skilled as far as blocking technique. Uh, and that I think Hendershot is a better receiver than all three of them coming out just as a pure receiving yeah. guy, simply because he's dynamic. I don't know that he's necessarily a better route runner or anything like that, but he's, he's a little bit more dynamic, I think with the ball in his hands. Uh, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the long-term futures of Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson, but for their sake, I hope they get one more year of being able to be like in a reserve or complementary role, kind of like the way Schultz was, right? Schultz wasn't thrust into a starting role in year two. It was until it wasn't until year three, year four that the team started to rely on him. I'm hoping that's the case uh, for both of these guys as we kind of move forward and transition to two new starting tenets. All right, we we've got some more notes that we need to get through, but before we do that, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then Add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys run game experience. Specifically, Ezekiel Elliott. I want you to go first. What What did you see from Zeke at the run game as a whole? Well, I think we got to start with, you know, from a ten thousand foot view. I think that the run game was designed, and, and the sequencing was just outstanding. Like, just and, and it just has been these. I think these last two weeks, really. Uh, they they've they've really found. You know, look, 
we've given uh, uh, Philbin, everyone's given Philbin like a lot of hassle about maybe about a lack of development on some of these offensive linemen. I mean, honestly, I think that criticism may need to kind of start to change a little bit too. Um, But I think one thing that we've been clear about, or at least I have about the benefits of having Philbin is that he designs a really good run game. And I think the kind of mix and match of outside zone with inside zone and then, and then using power and counters to kind of uh, constrain those has really, really been effective. Uh, I thought that both running backs played fantastic uh, on, on Monday night. Um, I think that, that, you know, obviously Pollard had several big plays, including the the big run behind Peters, which was an interesting play to watch because it, it almost looked like on Peter's first play that he was about to get backdoored by a linebacker yeah. trying to come in on yeah. his A-gap. Yeah. And, and he was just strong enough to kind of recognize what was happening and then just shove the guy into the center, uh, which opened up a huge hole. So um, I thought that, you know, as far as the coordination, the, 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 um, the kind of just the ballet of watching offensive line blocking is, was just very beautiful. Like the, 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 the exchange, the, the passing of, of double teams, the work that they did together was just all very coordinated in a way that it feels like um, it hasn't always been, especially recently. Uh, so I, I, I feel really good about the state of our run game in general. I think, you know, Zeke had several different big runs, uh, including the – I thought that one play – really, I, I wanted to kind of drill down on that longest Zeke run. Um, you know, it was a third and 12 uh, mm-hmm. run that I think they ended up getting 14. I thought that that play kind of summed up the uh, what's happening on this team really well. The uh, I, I think Tyler Smith <laughs> getting out in the open – and blocking like literally a third of the entire defense or you know close to it on on one snap was just incredible it shows you the athleticism he has out in space uh the, the upside there is just incredible just to watch a guy like that move and be able to hit multiple targets on one snap that's just incredibly impressive for a young guy mm-hmm. um we talked about it being able to have be able to rely uh reliably on on two rookie tight ends to collapse the left side uh of of the line when you're running power toss to that side that's just incredibly impressive i mean again that you can even rely on them to do that uh but i think the thing that is going to get lost in a lot of this uh like that got talked a little bit about uh by uh kellen moore um is that that was a play that what got called changed into by Cooper yeah, yeah, checked out of, into that checked play, out yeah. of it was a it was, it was a check with me and they and I, I think we needed to have a discussion about the benefit of having a veteran backup quarterback who understands your system well versus the other type of kind of backup quarterback you get, which is like a, usually a high upside guy, a young guy, guy right. or someone that you pulled up off the street. The fact that Cooper Rush knew the offense well enough to see the alignment, recognize on third and 12, backed mm-hmm. up inside their own 20 and to call a power toss. Marcus, if you were in the – if you were lined up at guard or center, no, let's say wide receiver, and you heard that check, I have a feeling that your helmet would have come off because steam would have been pouring out of your ears yeah. that they called, uh, they checked into a run. But guess what? It worked. Like, and, and it worked because he understood the alignment was perfect for that play call, and that's why he was able to check into it. So just really impressive uh, all around on that specific play. And, and again, just a microcosm of what is actually going right for this Cowboys offense. Really quickly, if you rewatch that play, watch C.D. Lamb's block. Yeah. Uh, crashes down, which is allows Tyler Smith to get out in space and make the block. I mean, 
you need your receivers to block, and CD had a great block on that one. Um, all right, I, I don't do this very often, but can I gush about Ezekiel Elliott for thirty <gasps> seconds? What? Yes, yeah. do it. Let's hear it. This is the best game I think I've seen him play since they played the Rams in 2019 in the regular wow. season. Uh, I I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was great for a couple of reasons. Number one, I thought Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy put him in great spots to utilize his skill set. A uh, couple runs. You mentioned the big one that, that, that got him the first down. They had a third and one where he was the up back yeah. and Tony Pollard was behind him. And they did just like a fullback dive and he got like four yards out of it. Like that's the absolute perfect way to use Zeke on short yard. Just get him the ball as quick as you can and let him hit the hole and put his head down and get the first down. Awesome. His touchdown run. Go back and, yeah. and just listen to the sound that that, that that makes when Zeke hits the linebacker, bounces off the linebacker and still scores a touchdown. The Cowboys were struggling in the red zone in that game. And all I can tell you out at the time, all I wanted them to do is give the, the rock to Zeke because he is still an incredible short yardage runner. And for him to score that touchdown and kind of bounce off that linebacker, I, I mean, please go ahead. Talk. That, that play was awesome. It was incredible. And, and, and I, just real quick, I, I feel who uh, tried and failed miserably to tackle Noah Brown on that mm-hmm. quick smoke smoke route that they threw to him where he got 10 yards and just crushed that dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think we've talked about it before. To me, Zeke's superpower is that he doesn't, he doesn't really lose yards. Like, it's – uh, he does not you know, obviously contact at least right not yeah not i mean if you if you toss him the ball you know outside and and there's penetration there's not much he can do and that was the only, if, the only the only bad play i thought he had it wasn't his fault right they just tossed exactly. the ball and it was a poorly blocked play of his 15 runs that's the only one i didn't like and 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 if you get you get him the ball and he's meeting you at the line of scrimmage you're losing like it doesn't matter who you are. Like Zeke falls forward, it's like death taxes Zeke falling forward on a on a run. It's 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 just so reliable and it's great to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you and I are able to kind of concur on on Zeke this week, I think that just shows you this is the best way to use these guys, right? Yes. Like, like so, the the running back split was what fifteen carries for Zeke, thirteen for, for Pollard. I think that's perfect. Like that's Perfect. honestly that's that's fantastic. That's yep. the way it should be going forward. Let Pollard do a lot of the stuff between the twenties. Let Zeke handle the short yardage stuff, the, the goal line stuff, and then when it comes to like killing the game at the end, they actually use Pollard a little bit because I think they needed they knew they needed more than just two yards at a time. He got a couple big chunk runs that allowed him to 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 waste some clock. This is what Cowboy fans for years have wanted to see, this type of split. Yeah, and and, and just to kind of get into this really quickly, because we got to talk about defense, but I, I think this is people talking about Cooper Rush versus Dak. Like, instead, what we should be talking about is the game plan, the game calling for Cooper versus Dak. I want to see Dak in this game plan. Yes. I want to see Dak operating in this game plan, because honestly, the only thing this offense couldn't do and hasn't been able to do is convert third downs. They've really still continued to struggle to convert third downs. I think that's the different, the biggest difference you're going to see once Dak returns uh, is, is the ability to kind of be more uh, uh, efficient on third downs. I think that having this kind of game plan keeps Dak settled. It doesn't make him press. 
you know, and, and that's the, when you get the best Dak, when he doesn't feel like he has to put it all on his back early yeah. to, to do it by himself. I, I will say, I think with Dak on the field, Kello Moore likes to just try to avoid third downs altogether. And you see them be way more aggressive on second down. Yeah. Maybe that changes a little bit. Maybe they're a little bit more conservative. Hey, if it's second and six, we're still okay running the ball. I have that's, mixed, I have that's mixed feelings McCarthy, about that, though. That's what McCarthy was talking about. And I think that I think that there is – when he said maybe – to Kellen, maybe we need to be a little bit more conservative. And everyone got really upset with him. But I think that there's something to this is that it's not about being conservative all the time. It's about picking your, your spots a little bit better, you know, and, and, and just getting your quarterback into the rhythm of the game a little bit more – before you know trying advanced offense stuff let's let's just get the ball down the field first and score some points then if you want to like kind of put your foot to the gas once you've gotten gotten into the game a little bit more that's when you can start unleashing it i I think that would benefit dak a lot once he comes back is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do some quick hitters because we've got a lot of players that we haven't got to talk about yet. Just a line or two on how you think they played. Yeah. Tyler Smith. I thought he played well. Uh, it definitely as a run blocker, you know, it remains to be seen as a, as a pass protector. They definitely felt like they needed to put those tight ends out there with him. So uh, it, it was good game. Little I'm steps. interested to see where he turned in. Yeah, Little exactly. Uh, Jason Peters. Overall good. He didn't play a ton. Um, uh, it felt like he was moving well. Uh, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what he does next week because I think he, he could be a, a real improvement to this team if he continues to go in that direction. 14 snaps for Jason Peters. Kind of the word out there is that maybe double that those snaps next week, maybe get him a couple drives in a row. We'll see. I, I do think the Cowboys are at least interested in this kind of long-term play of Jason Peters at left guard. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let, let's go ahead and switch over to the defense a little bit. Osa Dikizua. I thought the defensive tackles in general all played really well. Um, uh, Hill maybe a little bit less than he yeah, had he been previously, well. but yeah. but I thought Odigizua played fantastic. He was all over the field. They were getting penetration in the middle. They were blowing up the run schemes. Uh, the defensive ends got a lot of credit as they should, but I think we need to point out Odigizua. Uh, I think uh, 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 Bohana had a good game. Bohana uh, had a great game. I, there's a couple times where Bohana got in the backfield and just crushed Barkley. It's like whoa. Whoa. I'll tell you the one that the the guy that I, I was surprised because I saw his PFF grade and then I was like what and then I went back and watched the game was uh, was was uh, Chauncey Golston Chauncey uh, Golston yeah I, I, it, you, he didn't have a ton of snaps but when he was in there he was efficient he was effective uh, so I thought that you know even Hill wasn't as good but I thought that he didn't have a terrible game uh, and I think the defense tackles as a whole played played really well and didn't get the credit that they deserved in relation to the defense events. Yeah, I, I thought Golston was really good. I, I I don't know if he he needs more snaps because that means you have to yeah take him out for somebody. But I mean, I, it's he certainly looks more comfortable in this defense than he did a year ago, right? I mean, actually, a year oh, ago he wasn't God. even playing at this time, right? Yeah, he 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 looks so much more comfortable in his role now as he was 
two weeks ago. He's growing yeah. right in front of our eyes. I, I'm really excited to see where he is by the end of the year. Honestly. All right, here's here's a hot take one for you, uh, Donovan Wilson. It's just it it it's just very up and down. You know, it's hard for me not to say that he he didn't play well. Uh, but there were definitely snaps where he did not play well. Like he you know he missed clear tackles. Um, you know he also made a lot of those solo tackles. So uh, he's just a real boomer bust guy. He's always yeah. going to be a real boomer bust guy. He's a playmaker, and you're going to have to live a little bit with the ups and downs. But man, he's he is one of the guys that can intercept Tom Brady in Week One. He can make two big sacks in a game that change things over. But yeah, you're going to have to live with the angle is not great. It's it's better when Curse is with him. Yes, you know, I it's better. Yes. It's better when they have all three of those safeties out there because I think Hooker and Curse can kind of mitigate some of the issues that 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 Wilson can cause. Well, I mean, and let's be honest, Hooker is not the most reliable tackler either. So putting Hooker and Wilson together is just it's a lot of up and down. That's why you need somebody like Curse that's just so reliable that way. And just kind of about speaking about the linebackers. I feel like they miss Curse as well. Like they just miss his athleticism and speed on the field. Yeah, I think that there's value in having Barr and, and LVE as the linebackers in, in a certain package. I think that there's it's diminishes the more snaps that you have to use them though. And yeah. and I think that's where they miss Curse, right? Is the ability to swap that second level out with different types of players. Uh I do I do want to say that I there were several different points when I was just really impressed with Leighton Vanders' ability to recover from play action fake and then drop back into zones to cut off passes behind him. He's just really has gotten good at not if he's biting, he bites back, he gets back real quick. And because of his size and his uh, athletic ability, uh, is able to clog passing lanes behind him despite play action. Just really quickly, do you know how many linebackers the Cowboys have played total on defense this year? Uh, no, that's a great question, honestly, because they've, you know, they've kind of rotated that role around a little bit. I'm not calling Parsons a linebacker anymore. He's an edge guy. Um, you're going to be no, shocked by this. I, I, I don't know. Leighton Vanderish and Anthony Barr are the only linebackers on the roster to take snaps on defense. So, for, so, uh, neither Jabril, Jabril Cox nor Luke, Luke Gifford, Gifford have has played a any single snaps. No. So to me, it's pretty clear what happened with Anthony Barr. They felt like they needed somebody who could gobble up a bunch of snaps early in the season until Jabril Cox is ready to go. Right? He's not. I. I don't get the sense that Jabril that Anthony Barr is going to be like a part time player at any point. He's going to start until Jabril Cox is ready to go, and then they're probably going to flip. But yeah, it's 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 strange that the Cowboys got to be the only team to lead that only play two linebackers at all times, and nobody else rotates in. Well, that's, I mean, you know, honestly, if you look at the, the percentage of, of usage of nickel last year, uh, I mean, if any, if any team in the league is going to do this, it, it, it shouldn't be too surprising that it was the Cowboys, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's still shocking. That is like just considering, you know, traditional football numbers. That's, that's very shocking. Uh, really quickly, thoughts on Sam Williams. He played 18 snaps in this game. Pretty clear the Cowboys are trying to ramp up his snaps. Um, uh, sorry, he played 37 snaps in this game. He had uh, he had 18 pass rush snaps, 18 snaps in week one, 30 in week two, 37 in week three. How did you think he played? I thought that he, he he's he's a physical force. I mean, you have to account for him when he's out there. They're they're using him in a wide variety of of, of spots. 
he's he's kind of almost playing like it's sort of an Armstrong role where he's playing all the way inside at at kind of a five technique. I mean, I even saw him kind of almost in a three technique. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously his normal kind of defensive end position. Look, the the penalty out of bounds. It wasn't as bad as I thought when I went back and watched. No. Now he need, he needs to just let it go. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was close enough where they the refs could have let it go. It was I don't think it was one of those ones that's like he was trying to be dirty or it was bonehead. It was kind of a bang bang play. But again, it's another teaching moment. He needs to know if a quarterback's running to the sideline, just let him go. We won't even get into the refs, but guys, more of the same with the refs. I yes. mean, just absolutely terrible. Um, but yes, I agree. That wasn't as bad upon rewatch as as yeah. it was watching live. I think he's gotten progressively better. Over the last three games, he's still, at least in my opinion, he's pretty clearly behind Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I saw him get some nice pass rushes this week. So I'm, I'm encouraged long term. Still, I think 37 snaps for him seems like a lot, but it probably had to do with Parsons not being 100%. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I mean, look. Being behind Fowler and Armstrong right now is not anything to shake a stick at. No, both of those, those guys, guys are playing, playing fantastic right now. So, yep. uh, yeah, I think Sam Williams is on a very good track. He's sure. he's on he's on track with where you want him to be. Uh, he's got physical ability that those other two guys just don't have. Um, that eventually, I think, will rear its head near the end of the season. And man, I mean, uh, if this you defensive me- line. <laughs> yeah, if you had told me that he was going to play 85 snaps in the first three games of the season, I would have told you you're crazy. Like, that's a lot of snaps for rookies well, that we thought need, need to work. Basham, right? Like, the loss that's, of Basham, I think that's a true. big part of it. So, yeah, for sure, he's kind of playing that that Basham role, honestly, more maybe even more than the Armstrong role I suggested. He's he's playing the Basham role, right? Just get in where you fit in and, and cause problems. And uh, and that's he's done a good job so far. I'll be curious to see what happens to Basham when he's healthy because I think there's a pretty significant difference in who's the better run player. Like Basham's just so much better there. But Williams gives you a little bit more juice as a pass rusher, and it makes your defense a little bit faster. I'll, I'll be curious to see what Dan Quinn does. Champagne problems, man. Yeah, I, I love know. it. Uh, we love forgot it. to talk about one offensive player just really quickly before we oh. go. Noah Brown. Um, oh yeah, absolutely cannot forget him. Um, I, look, <laughs> like his, he's really just developed into an incredibly balanced wide receiver. Like it's it's blocking, special teams. He he's high pointing catches on third down. He's a reliable receiving threat. He's efficient. He's like the most efficient wide receiver on the team as as it is right now. And he's doing all the other stuff that he had was done previously. Um, you know, it, it 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 still remains to be seen at times. Uh, how difficult like to to kind of tell whether it's him or CD Lamb catching the ball at times, and, and that's like about as high a compliment as I can give. I I, I yelled Noah Brown when CD dropped the pass. I was like, oh, that's why you can't trust the up. Oh. So, sorry, oh, CD. Oh, sorry. Ah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, again like it just it was great to see him translate what was an incredible training camp to. Uh, uh, and it was, what's be, so far has been an incredible early part of the season for Noah Brown. Yeah, slim Noah Brown is definitely the way to go because, man, he, he looks so much more flexible and athletic. Like the catch that he had on the ball that was kind of thrown over his head uh, yeah. that he made, I mean, just an awesome, awesome catch. I'm starting to wonder if the Cowboys might be wise to sign him up to a little contract extension now before before somebody overpays him in free agency here this offseason because i he's just somebody that you want on your team because of all the different hats that he can wear on game day i'd like to keep him around a couple more years 
Yeah, I mean, I listen. I would love. I, I, what I was gonna say is, I would love for the Cowboys to try to find a way to re-sign him. You know, before the middle of the season, I give just him another year. Just add, have, pack having, on a year. Give give him some more guaranteed money. Have having a, a, a player like that is just. I mean, it's, it's like Cedric Wilson. Honestly, oh, it's yeah. like yeah. A, a catch-all guy who can do it all for you. Uh, I, 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 I I want more of those guys. Yeah, we're buying Noah Brown stock. Even yeah. when Michael Gallup comes back. He's still going to have a role in this offense because of all the different things that he can do. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. We've got the crossover show uh, with Locked On Washington coming tomorrow with David Harrison. Make sure you guys tune in for that. And then Landon, you and I, back on Friday to get ready for this game against the Commanders. Pretty big game for both teams going in here to week four. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.